Talk Live. It is the Christmas Eve edition of the program. We're here to take your phone calls about whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites uh, enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. So, as always, uh, much to discuss this evening. Of course, big in the news, and this isn't really a, a news-based show, but sometimes there are stories that you just can't ignore. The big story today is, of course, that uh, the, the Senate has passed the health care bill. Oh, they did. Oh, yes. Aren't you excited? Oh, I'm ecstatic. I'm Festivus, too. This is such, well, I guess uh, it was today. I thought yesterday it was Festivus. Oh, I thought it was yesterday. No, they uh, they passed it today, 60 to 39. Uh, it, they say it's an epic struggle that was settled at dawn. This from the AP. The Democratic-controlled Senate passed health care legislation Thursday, a triumph for Barack Obama that clears the way for compromise talks with the House on a bill to reduce the ranks of the uninsured and rein in the insurance industry. And uh, the story goes on to uh, to talk about how... Uh, they are going to be, uh, to finance extended coverage, the House bill relies on an income tax surcharge on incomes over $500,000 for individuals and $1 million for couples. They uh, provision the Senate admitted its bill includes higher Medicare payroll taxes on high-wage earners and a new tax on high-cost insurance policies that labor unions generally oppose. So they have some uh, some differences to iron out here, but basically... It looks like this is. Uh, it looks like this is going to move forward. Great. And it's. Uh, let's see here. They at the White House. Obama called the vote historic and said, "Because of it, we are incredibly close to making health insurance reform a reality in this country. Our challenge now is to finish the job." Of course, it's historic. If you look back through the scope of history, it's just one violent act after another. This of course, it's violence. historic. This isn't violence. It's helping people. They're- they're helping people get health care. What are you talking They're about? They're saying people who earn a certain amount of money are somehow, therefore, responsible for the upkeep and maintenance of every other person that happens to live in the, on the same landmass that they do. It's pretty insane. Pretty much here. Uh, the Senate vote unfolded as the sun rose over the Capitol on the day before Christmas and marked the culmination of a battle that lasted months and included... Uh, where are all the casualties I don't, in this I don't battle? Know. You know, they stay up all night doing something that every college student does every day of their life, and then they want a big pat on the back for it for pulling an all-nighter. I, it would be kind of nice to see them actually battle and maybe, uh, mm. you know, fight over I want to see maces. Yeah. They're Some in that dome flowing. and it's going to waste. Uh, beginning in 2014, the Senate bill would establish insurance exchanges where consumers could shop for private coverage sold under federal guidelines. I'm confused already. Most Americans would be required to purchase insurance or face penalties. Most Americans. Hmm. I wonder who's excluded from that. Just, I have no idea. I'm just curious. If you know, 800-259-9231, hundreds of billions of dollars in federal subsidies would be available to families up up to incomes of about $88,000 per year. Insurance companies would be banned from denying benefits or charging higher fees on the basis of pre-existing medical conditions. That provision uh, provision would take effect in 2013 in the House version. I mean, so, I'm not going to say there aren't problems with the healthcare industry. I can't afford there are. Ins- I can't afford insurance on my own. Therefore, I'm careful. But 
some things happen. Like right. I, I had a, uh, an industrial accident, had to get some reconstructive surgery on a hand, um, and there were some complications that arose from that later on. A suture got left in and it formed a cyst that was painful, had to be removed about a year later. Yikes. Um, and, you know, that was covered under the original surgery, but it was still tender. I smacked it on a door after the stitches <sighs> were out, and it opened right back up. Oh. I went to the emergency room, $700 for three stitches in an hour of their time. Sounds So I'm not saying cars, cars aren't out of control. <laughs> yeah, they are. But no, there are problems. You're right, and and I think that, uh, that certainly that's been acknowledged on this show is that the the healthcare si- situation in this country sucks. It's because they're allowed to get away with it. They have that monopoly on providing the services. If it, they would let people open small clinics in a strip mall that just did stitches. Here's a great quote for you. This is from uh, Harry Reid, one of the politicians pushing this uh, this government expansion. Saying that uh, the health care de- debate is about life and death in America. Quote, it's a question of morality, of right and wrong. It's about human suffering. And given the chance to relieve this suffering, we must take this chance. So they're concerned about human suffering, which well, is it's an ill-defined suffering. Well, what about the suffering of those of us who are not interested in supporting the system? What about those of us who will suffer uh, when we decide to not go along with the program here and engage in civil disobedience? What about those of us who will be put in a jail cell? Will our suffering matter, or is it only the suffering of those other people? No, it's it's undue suffering, you know, caused by the caring God that that, that gave you this easily uh, afflictable body. Beginning in 2014, uh, so it's going to take a little while for this to actually get started. If considering they uh, th- this passes as it is uh, has been proposed, 2014 that's not even in Obama's term. So first that's, or second? Yeah, well, it would be his second. Oh, his term, second term. That's correct. But that's way out into the future. The Congressional Budget Office estimates the Senate measure would extend coverage to about 31 million Americans who lack it. Who? Uh, who are, who million are people. these 31 people, million people? Is that, does that mean they can't buy insurance? That they, they just can't afford to buy insurance? Is that the idea? How do they know there are that many people who are I lacking in ad- adequate insurance? I haven't the slightest clue. I don't know where they keep this data. Hey, don't worry. It'll cut federal deficits by $130 billion over a decade and uh, po- possibly much more in the following 10 How? years. And then chocolate rations like are going to go up too, right? Like magic. They'll just wave their magic wand and it'll all work out. Because governments are so great at uh, predicting how much something's going to cost. Premiums would rise for some, but fall for many others, particularly when the effects of federal subsidies are factored in, says the agency. Literally hundreds of issues remain to be settled uh, between the two bills. A House measure that ran to 1,990 pages and the Senate version of over 2,000 pages, not counting 383 pages of revisions that Reid unveiled over the weekend. Sure, they've uh, surely they've had a chance to peruse all of this and really are, are aware of what. That's why uh, they have interns and aides. They yeah. actually read stuff for them. But I can tell you right now what's going to happen with this. What? I, I spent a lot of time um, doing research when I had nothing else to do but mend after the uh, accident I mentioned. Um, and I came across a story of a guy who cut off two fingers on a table saw, and the, <laughs> oh, wow. the, the subsidies in the uh, government insurance would only cover putting one of the two back on. So he had to choose which of his fingers he wanted reattached. Oh, damn it. So you're suggesting that uh, there will mm-hmm. be other such choices in the future for Americans? Yeah, there will be like degrees of... You basically have to have an arm hanging off. They have it reattached. 
According to the story here uh, from the Associated Press, uh, one of the politicians says she she will not insist on a government-run insurance option in the final bill. The House bill has one. A provision supporter said was designed to put pressure on the insurance companies to hold down the premium prices. Uh, they claim that no such plan has uh, made it into the Senate bill, which calls for national plans overseen by the same office that manages health coverage for federal employees and members of Congress. Those plans would be privately owned, but one of them would have to be operated on a nonprofit basis, as many of the Blue Cross Blue Shield plans are today. So they're saying that there's probably not going to end up being a government, actual government insurance program, but at the same time, the level of regulation of the existing insurance companies is going to skyrocket. There's going to be a lot more of it uh, happening. Well, then we'll need one. Well, right, and that's just it. I mean, this is a step to the next step, which is more government control. It's just more leads to more leads to more. Because the more they cripple the insurance industry, which it's already crippled because there are so many regulations that prevent people from starting their own insurance companies. They, it's pretty much a good old boys network where only the established insurers are able to stay in the game and they squeeze out the little guys like they were doing in Massachusetts. It's a great example of, uh, of how government regulation of insurance companies end up is if you just look to the Massachusetts not, system. Yeah, not to mention yeah, you as a consumer have no choice. You're limited to who has a license to sell insurance in your state. You can't shop nationally, and that's part of the problem. That's true. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But if you believe the politicians, America's health care problems are about to be solved here by the government because the government is so great at fixing things, right? All right. Snake oil. More can't wait. It's free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Josh. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and features include our chat room. You can head over, and there are even people in there on Christmas Eve. Uh, chat.freetalklive.com. Best time to find folks in there, of course, is during our live show. So head on over and enjoy. It's free at chat.freetalklive.com. And uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with, with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for the daily dispatch, FreedomsPhoenix.com. In fact, uh, Josh, I think you were there earlier tonight, found some uh, some stuff to talk about. One story involving uh, a star on a tree and an angry veteran. Absolutely. Uh, it was a week before Christmas when uh, Irv Sutley, a former warehouse worker, first saw the offending ornament in a government building in Sonoma County, just north of San Francisco. I was turning around in the lobby and I noticed the tree, Mr. Sutley said, and then I noticed the angel. Mr. Sutley, an atheist, <laughs> said he then went to the office of the County Board of Supervisors. 
And there was a star, he said. Technically, neither stars nor angels belong to any particular religion, but the mind of Mr. Sutley, 65, a veteran who has fought to keep religion out of public meetings and buildings, the symbolism was clear. For most people, a star atop a tree at this time of season represents the Star of Bethlehem, which is a cult symbol, the cult being Christianity. He said, adding that the government should be neutral on religion. Sonoma County officials conferred with their lawyers, and on Monday, the acting county administrator, Chris Thomas, asked county departments to remove stars, angels, and any other religious symbols. Wow, how about that? So that we can celebrate the season, yet not to appear to endorse Christian or other religious doctrines. Well, shouldn't that mean they should pull the tree down, too? Now, to be fair, though, uh, the Christmas tree was originally a pagan symbol, as I understand it. In fact, a lot of the trappings of the Christmas holiday were lifted from the pagans by the Christians. Many, many, many holidays were. Yes, that's true. All uh, Hallows' Eve, for instance. Yeah, what about Easter? Was that? I don't know I'm not that. sure. I, I don't think so. It's but, got a rabbit, must be. Uh, well, in this, in this case, maybe there's some... Parts of Easter. If you know more about this, feel free to clue us in at 800-259-9231. But I know that a lot of the Christmas uh, concepts, in fact, the Christmas holiday itself is essentially, uh, the entire thing is borrowed. It's all recycled sun worship. Yes, and it's that what happened, as I understand it, was the pagans were having very popular solstice celebrations, and the mm-hmm. Christians decided they wanted to piggyback on uh, that popularity, and so basically they just decided that Jesus was born on uh, December 25th. It's probably not even the case, but they just arbitrarily said, well, okay, a lot of people are partying around this time, so let's do our thing here, too. Who even knows? The history is so mucked up for yeah. thousands of years by now, it's... It's just a story. So the, the the Christmas tree itself isn't particularly Christian, but these days it might seem to be that way. Oh, no, he had, uh, this person had no, uh, was not offended by the garlands or the lights or the reflective bulbs. Just the angel just and the, angel the star. And the star. Got it. Cause, because he thinks it's a cult symbol. I'm interesting, interested how other people, uh, specifically like atheist types, like, view this sort of thing. This sounds just uh, like terrible busybody stuff to me. You know, I, I can't say, I, as a former atheist, I can't say I blame the guy. Uh, I mean, atheists more, tend to take this stuff personally. There's I mean, more they, important things to get worked up about. I agree with you. Being forced to stand every day and swear allegiance to a god is a lot different than a blinking star on the top of a tree. It's true. I, I completely understand what, what you're saying when you're suggesting that there are things that you might want to be a little more concerned about. But at the same time, these are people who've been told there's supposed to be a separation between church and state. And any time uh, they see that that separation has been broken, it gets them very indignant. And I could understand why. I mean, if you're being forced to pay for this organization, on one hand, you're being told that it's going to be uh, separated from various different religions, and they're very clearly not separating themselves, then I can understand the uh, the ups- him feeling upset about it. Okay, that. when I see a- an actual priest class being part of like a presidential cabinet, that's when I'm going to say yeah. that, that, that the two have merged. But people who have been brought up as not even Christians, just celebrating Christmas with the traditional decorations, just to decorate their office, be it you know a federal or like county office or not, that's not blatantly bringing the uh, church doctrine and, do- and dogma into governance. That's I don't see it. Still, what about the ten? Uh, okay, so what about the Ten Commandments things? Like where they have statues to the Ten Commandments, that kind of thing. Is that too far? For some you? of the commandments are good. 
Don't steal. Don't kill. There's no doubt about that. Don't cover that. your neighbor's wife. I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't good commandments in there. I'm just asking you as far as you, you're saying that no big deal uh, to have a star, no big deal to have an angel, which is even more obviously religious. What about the Ten Commandments? What about a, 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 a statue to the Ten Commandments in a courthouse, which was a case from a while back? Did you call that? Yeah, it was in South Carolina, was it? I don't know where it was. It was in the South, I believe. But you think that's too far, or do you think that should be allowed? I mean, most of like the English justice system that we adopted, I think, comes down from those very um, bare-bone uh, moral codes for people. Okay, so you're saying it's okay. You're yeah, saying I that mean, that's all right. Well, I mean, the the Ten I, Commandments are are less dogmatic as much as they're just, um, really just the the moral code that was handed down. But you understand that the Christians would be absolutely outraged if it was some sort of Muslim oh, uh, display, and the uh, various uh, the different religions are upset when one religion gets preference over the other. So sometimes the way they've solved this is by just allowing anybody who wants to create a, re- a religious display to do that, which I think is kind of a fun one. That oh, way, right. you know, the Church of Satan can come out and they can uh, create their own religious display just to kind of show the Christians, hey, this is what you get when you uh, when you want to put your stuff uh, on display. Everybody else should be able to put their stuff on display. And of course, what we're really talking about here is the tragedy of the commons mm-hmm. and the fact that well, when you have something that's publicly owned, it's owned by no one and owned by everyone of course we we know it's actually owned by the people that call themselves the government because they're the ones that will come out to protect it if it's threatened but nonetheless the concept still stands that everybody should have equal access so if you're going to have a christmas tree then maybe you should allow uh you know the uh the let's see the hindus to come along and uh and put i guess it's not really really, i don't know i don't know if you heard the the story put a a, uh, statue of buddha up on the top of it one day i don't know if you heard the story but just uh, a few weeks ago down in massachusetts they had a a big hullabaloo, and I forget what city it was, but um, somebody wanted to put a menorah up in the town commons, okay. and, and they were forbidden from doing that. So I think, I don't know if it was that person or that they just extended that ban. They had the fire station take down their Merry Christmas sign. <laughs> yeah, it was, I didn't really think it was newsworthy, but I caught the story. Look, I do agree with you that this is much ado about very little but at the same time, I also understand where these people are coming from. So I guess I want to hear, we want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Is what this guy is doing, and that is spending his time and effort to get a star or an angel removed from a tree, worthwhile? And do you think that some atheists have become um, so engaged in their non-beliefs that they've kind of formed a dogma of their own that's just as bad? Are, do you consider yourself an atheist? I do, but I don't take it to... Uh, I'm a small A atheist. I want to know what that means coming back here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can chime in here. Christmas Eve edition of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, Christmas Eve edition of the show. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan for free at facebook.freetalklive.com, facebook.freetalklive.com. And Manchester Brewing is the brewer of John Thomas Red, now available in a strap-on edition for hikers. 
Learn more at manchesterbrewing.com. As we continue here, you can bring up what you want. Josh, you were just telling us a story, and we're going to take some calls in relation to this here. Of course, you can also call and change the topic, bring up whatever you want. But the story is about a 65-year-old military veteran who is uh, very upset about the fact that as he's been around town, I think in California somewhere. Yeah, San Francisco. Uh, in San Francisco, he spotted some decorations uh, on city property that were religious-based. Uh, the, the star on top of a Christmas tree and angels, I guess. And he decided to uh, to file a complaint about this. And the city actually did go ahead and pull them down. And you were basically saying that this, even as an as an atheist, as you describe yourself, this seems a little unnecessary. Oh, it just seems petty. Christmas has become such a benign holiday that, you know, people have actually uh, invented holidays to celebrate around the same time just to mock it. Festivus being a great example. So and you're saying... It has so much... It has very little to do, a Christmas tree has very little to do with the religious aspects of Christmas. It's, well, what about the angel? Clearly religious, right? I mean, do you think that the government should be following its own rules? And, and I think that it should. If if it's going to exist and purport to be separated from the uh, the churches, then I think that makes sense. But at the same time, I think you have, an, you have a, a point when you're suggesting that this seems uh, a little piddly. It is a little piddly. So it's an angel. It's a silly concept of a, a winged person. Okay, so what about the manger scene? Should they be allowed to put a manger scene up on city property? Oh, uh, it doesn't seem to stop them. Well, I, I, I see these so-called cult symbols, and I just chuckle at them. Yeah. I, I think the nativity scenes are silly. Well, but right, and I can see that, and that's a, I think that's a fair perspective for an atheist to have. But from the religious person's perspective... It can uh, be, and this guy may be so atheistic, he's re- almost religious in his own right. That's certainly a possibility. But, uh, and when I say religious, I don't mean that he believes in God. But anyway, just uh, w- what I wanted to point out about this was that uh, the religious people, for instance, uh, Wiccans or some other non-Christian. They're spiritual. Religion. There's a difference. Okay. Well, the religious still, I think, applies. The religious people out there get very, some of them get very offended by the fact that one religion is getting preference over another religion. It's, Christmas is popular among, amongst, I mean, there are Muslims that celebrate Christmas. It's a part of like Americana more than anything. So what to you is it, uh, what does it mean to be a small a- atheist? That's how you described yourself earlier. I just don't believe there is an incorporeal being that can materialize into flesh and control the machinations of the universe. Well, how does that, what would a, a large A atheist be? This guy? So, like, I mean, I, there's large a, a meaning pushy? I would say Richard Dawkins is a big A atheist. Meaning pushy, trying to recruit other atheists, that kind of thing, like an evangelical atheist? Um, I mean, I can see a, a lot of uh, pushy atheists just feeling cornered and pushing back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But some become just as dogmatic as the like the religions they despise. I've certainly seen that. Uh, they are out there in many cases looking to almost uh, recruit other atheists. And I, as an atheist, when I was an atheist, I'm no longer. But uh, when I was an atheist, I was of the type who would just rather be left alone and leave other people alone to their beliefs. Yeah. As, as long as they weren't pushing their beliefs on me, that uh, I wasn't that bothered by it. Yeah, atheism to me is it's complete personal. It's just kind of clearing some excess boxes out of, out of the attic that I don't need anymore. 
That makes sense. Let's go to your phone calls. Puke is on the line in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hello, Puke. Hey, good evening, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'll um, chime in on this whole topic since uh, I don't celebrate Christmas and never have. Uh, I think I come from sort of a unique uh, background. My childhood, uh, the church that my family attended when I was a child was a sort of Christian Protestant church, but it didn't celebrate the uh, the holidays like Christmas and Easter and stuff. So it's so like a, a no-fun group of Christians, basically? Wow. <laughs> yeah, sort of. It was. It really sucked, and I think that's why I'm an atheist now. Hmm. But uh, So, like, I have never uh, been in a family or celebrated Christmas my entire life, and uh, now I'm an atheist. And I, I sort of go along with, uh, with Josh's opinion that, you know, I mean, I, I really could care less. Um, you know, I mean, if the guy has a problem with religion and government, he should be uh, railing against the entire, like, everything, you know, the, the trees and the, the tinsel or whatever and all the decorations. He should be railing against faith-based just, initiatives and not just a, a star. <laughs> yeah, that too. I mean, you know, if he's, it's, it's really small fish because, I mean, really it's, it's just probably decoration that the people that work there might have put up. It doesn't necessarily mean that they... Uh, you know, that they're trying to push Christian ideals or something into the laws. I mean, the the government's already bad enough as it is pushing ideals on people, and it's like, okay, so there's a, a dead tree over there with an angel doll on it, you know? I mean, it, it just seems really petty and kind of silly to me. He's very uh, militant atheist kind of nut jobbery that sort of borders on becoming just as crazy as the fund- fundamentalist Christians. Well, absolutely. I mean, as far as I've noticed, my like quarter century on the earth christmas is more about it's a, like a spontaneous uh not really spontaneous um it's just a, a planned was it perennial is the word i'm looking for here uh, Recurring annual? Every, annual right that's yeah or just it recurs every year it's just a pop culture element that pops up i mean you've got right, santa claus be... hawking coca-cola right well for most people it's simply just a time to you know get off work and, and yeah. purchase and receive things for free and stuff you know so yeah, the, to, obviously the religious aspects kind of to, 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 to the wayside to most people christmas is just about family it's about friends it's about getting together staying warm the whole home and hearth and heart and sharing food and exchanging gifts and you know like the christmas tree and then the traditional adornments that go with it are just part of that season yeah and for me, I hate all of that stuff, and it's really annoying because it works. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I just see it for what it is. And, you know, I have to look at all the happy crap, and it just it makes me angry. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I know, I'm with you. It's, it's hard for me not to carry uh, a pellet pistol and go on a one-man rampage against inflatable lawn ornaments. But... I don't know why, but I don't have that hatred. I don't have that. Uh, maybe I did at one time. Maybe it, I vaguely could recall feeling some animosity towards it, but... I, I just don't have it today, and I, what, why why do you hate it? I mean, it's people enjoying themselves. It's people having fun and and getting together and exchanging, as you were saying, exchanging gifts, et cetera, and going oh, through I the mean, motions. I just mean the Christmas but, decorations. Are, some of yeah, them are the just decor- ridiculous. Like, yeah, where I work, you know, they, they pump the radio stations through the intercom system, and then during Christmas time you get to hear the same, you know, five stupid Christmas songs yeah. over and over again, and it just it becomes really annoying, and I don't know, it's just... You know, obviously, I don't like. You know, I'm not like this crazy guy in the news story that's you know screaming. <laughs> oh, it's not fair! I'm an atheist. You know, just I be really careful, puke. You're not 65 yet. <laughs> yeah, 
I'll give it a few more years and I will be the crux of the stew, old man. Stew in your anger for another 40 years and uh, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, to give you an example, I rented a house with some friends once. And the people that rented us the house wanted to keep one room that was just their junk that they didn't want to take with them. Wow. And a healthy portion of this was just Christmas, Christmas decorations. Mm. New mm. stuff that they just get every year, take out. Put around in the house to feel some tingly feeling for a few weeks, then pack it in a box with all the new stuff. How many dancing Santa Clauses does somebody need? It seems like a really stressful time for a lot of people, and I don't understand why you would want to go through that. You know, I've, I've, I feel lucky in a way that I've never had to deal with that. No, you know, I agree I, with I've you there. About, oh, I think that's a great point. I think, yeah, I think that's a great point because a lot of people stress out over, oh my gosh, did I get all the presents I need to get for all these people? I have to get all the cards and I have to send them out and I have to do this and I have to do that. Oh yeah, just just look what they're talking about on, on the news. They're saying that the, the way they're going to gauge the economic recovery is about how people are spending money on Christmas. Yeah. Hey, Puke, thanks for the hey, thoughts I'm glad tonight. glad you guys are here. Thanks, thanks dude. Yep, we're bl- glad we're here, too. And thanks for the call at 800-259-9231. Somebody's got to do live radio on Christmas and Christmas Eve. It might as well be us. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Christmas Eve edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. And that number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So start your shopping at Amazon. FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue the discussion here about, well, it's things have gone on the Christmas direction here since you brought up the uh, the issue of a uh, veteran, 65-year-old man who is taking uh, he's taking issue with the fact that the uh, the city of San Francisco apparently has some sort of Christmas display involving a tree and an angel a decoration or a star on the top or both. And he was very upset by that. They have since pulled those things down. The Christmas tree is still up, and some of the de- decorations are still up. But the stars and angels have been removed. Uh, Josh, you're basically saying this is petty, and you're saying that as an atheist mm-hmm. uh, that this uh, this is petty. That's correct. I I would tend to uh, to agree with you. At the same time, I do understand where the guy's coming from, and I understand the indignation that people of different religious beliefs feel when they you know they may perceive that one particular religious set of beliefs is being promoted over another by this coercive agency that forces everyone to pay for its activities. So I I can see both sides of this. Let's continue and talk to Dave in Montana. Dave, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Dave? Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas to you, Dave. Hey, uh, I think the religion has hijacked Christmas for the, the capitalism, or capitalism hijacked it from the religion, one or the other, because... They instituted Christmas a long time ago in Rome so that the the pagans could come on over, you know, and be be be, be Christian and stuff. But mm-hmm. really, Jesus never wanted us to celebrate Christmas. What he wanted us to do was live every day as if it was Christmas. What does that mean? Good peace and goodwill towards men or people, you know. 
That sounds like a good idea. I'm all in and, favor of that. Peace. And and he 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 never said, hey, you know, I want you guys to celebrate my birthday. You know, he didn't say you wanted uh, everyone to stress out and try to uh, figure out who needs to be giving what to who else, and uh, if you've no, forgotten that's, anyone. That's the capitalism. See, Christmas has turned into a perfect example of what capitalism is all about, and it even like the day they bombed the uh, the planes rammed into the buildings over there in New York the day after the president tells us to go shopping. Or else the terrorists win. <laughs> is that capitalism, Dave? Whoa, 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 Dave, 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 Dave. Is that capitalism or is that consumerism? Well, capitalism likes consumerism, don't they? Don't they? You know, they go hand in hand, no? Capitalism, as far as I'm concerned, has really, really been ill-defined. It's, it's. You want to talk about things and in, in concepts, ideas being hijacked? Capitalism is one of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As far as I'm concerned, cap- capitalism is simply the ability to own property, do with it as you see fit, to make a profit and sustain your own life without right. interference or input from anybody. Right. You wouldn't disagree with that, would you, Dave? Not at all. But right. it hasn't been that way. Since, I guess, uh, like caveman days. Well, no. I mean, capitalism has been redefined in, you know, the last hundred years or whatever. Redefined to essentially mean that a certain class of very rich people is wielding uh, some sort of power over the underclass and is taking advantage of them, etc., etc. And, you know, that... uh, what we have today, by Josh's definition, is not capitalism. No. What we have today is more of a corporatist kind of uh, world that, indeed, that, a certain that, group of that, people that are... With money that don't worth, isn't worth anything. I guess true capitalism has you know money that's like gold or silver. You know? That or, would be useful. Or, or but, precious stones or... Yeah, something that's a, worth some. But absurdly again, large pine labor, cones, who knows? Our labor is what this country really depends upon because that's what's loaned that's what's uh that's what's our uh interest is based upon by the American people working, right? Yeah, well look what's happened to um the labor in the United States. It's year by year this country right. goes more to being a service economy than goods. The political goods. system took over the labor unions and everything. You know, they sold out. They use them as political tools. And, so, uh, Dave, does uh, Christmas make you feel good, or are you angry about Christmas? How, how uh, do you feel? Like I say, every day for me is Christmas. The way it that, should that's be. That's what it's really all about, not just one week of the year. Yeah. Just like the the Christians, they only... Be Christian on Sunday or Saturday. They don't even they 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 don't even know which day they want to celebrate it on. You know, yep. <laughs> and and then and then the rest of the week they're out doing that capitalism to everybody, saying it's okay. You know, ripping everybody off. That's something I've noticed about holidays in general, American holidays specific. It's about talking about something that should be done every day to, and lived. And making it a special event once a year, Valentine's Day. You yeah. know, tell her you love her once a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Independence Day. You know, appreciate the sacrifices uh, your forefathers made one day a year. 
I think that's a very uh, potent observation. Thanks, Dave, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Thanksgiving. Uh, show appreciation mm-hmm. for the wonderful things in life. Only once a year. St. Patrick's Day. The Irish are people, too. Once a year. Drink once a year. Oh, well, people don't really pay attention to that one. Uh, 800-259-9231. So people are stressed out about Christmas. A lot of people are stressed out about Christmas, and I think that's one of the... Uh, the the negative real negative aspects of there, it. There's an unnecessary pressure to like one up everybody by the type of gifts you you can give to people. I yeah I don't have that pressure in my life. Uh, nobody expects to receive anything from me, and I don't expect to receive anything from anybody else. Ha- having friends to like spend the holiday season with is all I asked for, and that's what I got. And what good is a gift if it's given out of obligation? Isn't or aren't gifts more special and surprising when you give one because well you're maybe you're at the store and you see something that catches your eye and you've got a loved one and you say wow you know that's perfect for so and so you grab it you decide to give it to them whatever it is you decide to give it to them as opposed to this time of year when people feel like there's this societal or familial obligation to uh to they've got their list of all the people that they need to buy gifts for oh well so and so bought me a gift so i need to go ahead and buy them a gift then they they rack their brains to figure out what they might like and of course they might be wrong so they're just buying so then they end up buying uh gift cards and so if you don't get an actual gift for somebody because there's a good chance you'll be wrong you'll get something they don't like uh then you get them a gift card which is a much safer way to go but then aren't you just exchanging gift cards yeah, basically this, this I mean, is the way i see it a gift should be accepted humbly something that's expected is tribute mm. your thoughts at 800-259-9231 but as far as be, being bothered by christmas it doesn't i think it used to to some extent bug me you know, the, like you were saying the christmas songs that you hear over i, just, and over hey, I don't like the songs they're just bad songs True, but uh, there is that, and I can understand being irritated by it and and having to go through it year in and year out, but since you know you're going to go through it again next year, why not just not be bothered by it? Why not just let it roll off your back, you know, like, hey, no big deal. I don't understand this mania that happens the day after Thanksgiving where everybody goes to hunt down the bargains, trample each other through the doors to get the cheap television. Well, it can be kind of fun. It's crazy. It is cra- a little crazy. People yeah. literally die. <laughs> not often. Not very often. It's it's not even really that often that people get hurt in those uh, in those situations. But it does happen. Uh, but but for me, I when I was working at uh, the big Kmart when I was a teenager, I was working there for a few years of my life, and every year you get the same songs over and over again. And when you're working at a place where you hear those songs, you hear them even more One often. One disc on repeat. Yeah, well, it is a little more than that, but nonetheless, you hear the same old songs over and over again. And for me, it was just, you know, it just became something where I could identify them within the first two notes, you know, the first three notes. I knew exactly what song uh, was coming on, and you might as well just hum along with it because you know, you, there's no point in getting upset. It's going to play. You're going to hear it. Why not just deal with it? Eight hundred. They get old. Yeah, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one Christmas songs. And they're not really coming out with new songs. It's just rehashing. Exactly, of the, it's, of the it's old a songs. recycled holiday. There's a new, maybe a new artist or something like that. Some new up and coming artist singing the song, but that's really the only, the only thing that changes. Mm, just give me the Grinch and Nat King.
Well, are you a Grinch about Christmas? If so, you're welcome to share that with us. Uh, or maybe it's just the you just think it's the greatest holiday ever. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. There are many other things to discuss here tonight, though. In fact, one of the things I wanted to do tonight was uh, to play some soapbox messages, because honestly, I've been neglecting it. And uh, people have been leaving us messages. We have not been playing them. So we'll feature a few of those here coming up and also take your calls about anything on this Christmas Eve edition of Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. It is the Christmas Eve edition of the program. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Go right into your phone calls you can bring up anything. It's uh, Matt in Illinois on the amp line to start things out this hour. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to throw in my two cents worth on um, this Christmas conversation you guys were having. Sure. Uh, one of the interesting things I find about Christmas, and um, I was brought up a Catholic, so Christmas has always been a pretty important holiday in my life. Uh, especially when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but it it does seem like it's it, it, it was originally, and you know I didn't know this when I was a kid, but I know it now. It was originally uh, holidays, pagan holidays, yes. like like many have said. And so the Christians they say you know it's important to remember what the holiday is really about, that it's not about. Uh, giving presents and all this other stuff up. It's about Jesus Christ who sacrificed himself for our sins, uh, which is fine and dandy, except that is not what it is originally about. It is originally about being with family, being thankful for family, uh, and, and most of all, being thankful that you survived to the, to the point where the sun was the lowest in the sky, and now the sun is coming back and it's going to get warm again. Precisely. And it it was basically about <laughs> about the sun and yeah. its cycle. The it's, advent it's or nature. the rising of the sun, whatever right. spelling you want to use for that word. S-O-N right. or mm-hmm. S-U-N. So it's, it's just kind of strange that you, when, when, uh, when the Christians uh, will say, you know, 
this is what the the, uh, the we should remember what the holiday was originally about, and then they don't remember what the holiday was originally about. They've they, probably they never been taught that. Well, yeah, right, and and they're they're assuming a whole bunch of of stuff. But every holiday, you mentioned Easter. Easter is another holiday. Easter is a holiday that was originally a pagan holiday based on the um, vernal equinox. Okay, I thought that there, it was something pagan, and I was not certain. I'm glad you called in to fill us in on that one. Well, yeah, the, the Easter is figured out by its... The reason Easter changes all the time is because it's the first Sunday after the first full moon of the after the this vernal equinox. Okay. So that's why it's such a wide because that full moon could can occur on as soon as the 22nd of March. Mm. And and if that's on a Saturday then Easter can be on the 23rd of March or it can be a month later like the 21st of April and so Easter can be as late as like the 27th or 28th of April, I think. What does a Christian say when you reveal the truth about Christmas and how it was essentially ripped off from the pagans? What, what, are the, what, are, what would a Christian's response to that be? God, I don't know. I would imagine it'd be <laughs> denial, right? Oh, that can't be um, true. In some cases, I think that if you know the, the really devout Christians will 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 deny it, and you know nobody likes to admit that they've been mistaken yeah. for a, a long amount of time. Uh, I don't personally try to um, try to um, force people to, to view these things. I, I, I would ask them, you know, if I was explaining it to somebody who was a devout Christian, I would say, look, you can believe what you want, sure. but here's the facts, and then just, just walk away from it. If they're going to argue and fight you about it, it's not worth it. No, I and completely you're not agree. Going to convince them. So, um, just curious as to what the range of responses would be from, uh, you know, from a devout Christian as to uh, as to that. And maybe some of them, some of them are listening tonight. You're welcome to dial in if that's the first time you've ever heard about the uh, the Christians essentially borrowing Christ- Christmas and many of its symbols from the pagans. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Matt, is there anything else you wanted to share with us? Well, the, the original story that, of this gentleman being so upset that um, that the, the city has done this and talking about how he fought for the country, I, I would like to, if I was talking to him, I would like to remind him that, you know, the Constitution is basically a federal thing. And what he's yelling at is um, county or uh, city uh, government, which... I don't know that they've necessarily taken this, you know, if it's so clear-cut that they've necessarily taken this oath to... to uh, typically, to typically city uh, government, state government workers, at, well, at least the elected ones, uh, do swear an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, but to, to say that they can't, you know, decorate, I mean, just the fact that they're taking stolen money and buying decorations with it that somebody might not write like that's wrong in and of itself but to to say that this is you know a violation of separation of church and state i don't know if that's necessarily true that's kind of a up in the air argument no violation of church and state is when i see like a cardinal in the white house yeah exactly because you know i think it's just meant to basically 
I think the reasoning behind that is, is they're trying to keep uh, religious persecution from happening. And I don't think that putting a, uh, a Christmas tree up in the middle of Times Square is persecuting anybody. Well, more and more stuff is becoming state-oriented, and the state encroaches further into every domain of your existence. It becomes inevitable that the two are going to cross. It's a possibility. It's a, it's a tough one to argue. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with it, but I think that the guy's taking it a little bit far when he when he's that upset about it. Uh, and I, don't I agree. I don't think I don't think it's helping his cause. And uh, I, I certainly don't think it's uh, making, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's helping the cause at all because I think it just makes you look kind of crazy. Thank you, Matt, for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the stress on the other side. You've got the, the Christians that are stressed who are running around trying to get a bunch of presents and get all the christmas cards sent out on the other hand you get people that are stressed out by the fact that it seems that the christians are getting preference in the various different government displays and uh and that sort of thing so a lot of people are getting very uh stressed out by this particular holiday when it should be a relaxing time hey you've got time off from work you've got time together with your family you should be enjoying that and it seems like a lot of people are just too busy with uh, so many of the trappings of the, you know, the things that surround the actual holiday to take to stop and take a moment. That's my observation, at least. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And of course, we're here all night to uh, to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. And we do have non-Christian-related stories here, non-Christmas-rather-related stories. Here's a quick one that hit the news recently. From Engadget, we can't say we've ever heard of a $26 Russian program called Skygrabber before, but it's about to get famous real fast. According to the Wall Street Journal, Iraqi insurgents have been regularly using the satellite snooping software to monitor live predator video feeds. Apparently, the predator transmits video over an unencrypted link. So there's no major hacking or security breach going on here, but it's obviously a huge issue. And we'd say the bigger problem is that Pentagon officials have known about it or known about this flaw since the 1990s, but they didn't think the insurgents would figure out how to exploit it. See, this is the attitude <laughs> of the, uh, the the a lot of Americans is that all them darn towel heads, they, they're just stupid. They're in a cave. They ain't got no computers. Yeah, we'll just transmit this video unencrypted over the airwaves, and they'll never figure out how to sniff out those packets. Well, turns out they have been monitoring the uh, the Predator drone planes as they've been flitting about from place to place and have been doing it for a long time. So oh, that's it's amazing. So big in-your-face for the, uh, the U.S. military there. That's how <laughs> they managed to repel some 100,000 troops. Right. Well, one of, the, one of the ways. Who knows what the other tricks they have up their sleeve. And how much did they pay for each of these Predator drones? I imagine they're pretty expensive. They didn't bother to just turn on encryption in the software. Tens of millions at the least. Maybe it'll cost them an extra million to turn on the encryption from now on. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't even built with that. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk live, 
and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. It is the Christmas Eve edition. We're here live taking your calls. If you make them about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Josh. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of stuff there, and it's all free for you, including our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. And I finally got my uh, Lakotas. Got, uh, I got my order in from Midas Resources. I ordered, uh, I don't know, what did I get, 60? 60 Lakotas, and they are very beautiful. And they are one ounce of uh, almost pure silver. I guess .999 is about as pure as you can get and have it still malleable to some extent. Uh, or non-malleable. Anyway, the uh, they're very nice, and the price that I got was the best that I could find on the Internet. So head on over and get your own. Or you can also get British Sovereigns. You can get uh, 20 francs, the Walking Liberty Half, uh, and I think there's a new Montana silver piece up there, too. If you go to gold.freetalklive.com, you can place your order. We try to make it simple, get you some great prices on some great silver and gold pieces. And when you order through that link, you can feel good because Free Talk Live is, uh, is getting a cut. A small cut, but a cut nonetheless. And Midas Resource is the company that owns our syndicate, the Genesis Communications Network, also uh, is benefiting there because, well, that's their website, gold.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, we'll take your calls about anything, and in the meantime, I did say I wanted to play some of these soapbox calls, which, honestly, I've been neglecting the soapbox. It's, for whatever reason, I need to like add it to my goal sheet to do this every week to check the soapbox. and People maybe, will stop doing it if you don't. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, the, the phone number is on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. The number is 603-722-0267, 603-722-0AMP. Uh, to get on the soapbox. The basic concept here is that you can call in and you've got three minutes to leave a message and comment on whatever you want. So maybe you want to comment on something that we've said on the show. Maybe you want to get a response in for whatever reason you can't call live. First of all, calling live is the best way to get your ideas on the air on this show because we have to deal with you. You know, If you send an email, we get a lot of emails. Odds are good it's never going to get read on the air. It'll probably be read off the air, you know, personally. And if you call live, you get feedback from whoever is hosting right. or whoever calls in. If you call live, we can have a conversation. It's the best way, and that's the way we, certainly we prefer to do things. But want to make th- make it so you've got options, and uh, the soapbox is another one of those options. So it allows you to comment or rant or ask a question. You can do that, too. So whatever you want to do, you've got up to three minutes. I would say that... Uh, first of all, you want to keep it clean, so that way I don't have to do a lot of editing. Somebody dropped the F-bomb in one of their calls, and I was like, ah, screw this. Yeah, call the police. Uh, so I, I don't want to have to do a lot of editing of it, and uh, if it's shorter, it's probably more likely to get on the air because we can just fit in more short, shortish calls. Uh, and you know, if it's three minutes, you may be rambling more than you otherwise would have intended. So I would say map out your call, make notes, and uh, make sure that you've got your stuff, your S straight, uh, before you call in here. But let's uh, let's go with one of these, and then we'll get to your phone calls about what you want at 800-259-9231. Right. Hi, it's Ziggy from uh, Britain. Um, I have a question about Gene um, and the fact that in the last few months, more and more, he's unveiled that he's really a racist. Now, he's also an amper, and I'm wondering, does Ian want to be associated with racists? He said on, on there that he doesn't want to be. Uh, so, is he get, when he, now willing to accept um, 
James Antmanny. Um, after all, does he want to be supported by a racist? Uh, of course, um, Ian is going to say, well, you know, I, you know, I can't help who, uh, who uh, uh, supports us. Well, you can. You don't have to take someone's money. That's the, yeah. yeah. Um, so, is Ian still willing to um, accept money from a racist, basically? That's the question. I'm sure this won't be put on air, but there we go. Um, you never know. Yeah, we Bye. did put it on the air. It just took me two months to get around to it, Ziggy. Uh, so, I mean, just before I answer the question, uh, Josh, I mean, were you in my position? What would your response to that be? I mean, I haven't heard enough of Gene's uh, antics lately to know whether or not he is a confirmed racist. He sounded somewhat bigoted on a few of his calls, being just kind of putting uh, people together in groups uh, unfairly. And I don't remember exactly what Ziggy is referring to. But I mean, it, placing a group's... Let's presume he is. Let's presume he's an out-and-out okay, if racist. You're, if, you're, if you're grouping people, that's one thing. But if you're like, I hate these dirty No, he wasn't saying that at all. He wasn't saying that at all. He was just kind of making general statements about what certain races would do, which were unfair, I mean, painting with the same brush. Why I, well, I don't stereotype people. Stereotypes exist for a reason, and I believe the actual definition is like an observed pattern of repeated behavior. Let's put all that aside. Is. Let's put all that aside and let's presume, let's take Gene out of the picture and just say somebody who is just an avowed racist, like Scott the Bigot, who calls this show from time to time. It's just a, just a hardcore anti-everything-else-but-a-white-guy kind of racist. Probably let's not. Say, let's say that guy is giving money to Free Talk Live. I mean, it's all about association. I don't think I'd want to be associated with somebody like that. Well, you would refuse his money? Yeah. See, I would, I'm going to take the Ron Paul answer on this one, and I'm going to say that if some racist wants to give money to a show that is explicitly anti-racist, uh, I am I don't care much for bigots on this program, and I'm pretty intolerant toward them. And whenever bigotry rears its ugly head on this show, we call it out onto the carpet and we have a discussion about it. Uh, I think that if if somebody who is a bigot wants to give me their money to spend in the way that I think is appropriate then I don't see why I shouldn't take A fair it. answer. Yeah. So there you have it, Ziggy. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Mike in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? Hey. What's on your mind tonight, Mike? I'm, I'm going to change the topic, and I want to talk about guns and guns at the State House. Okay, in and New Hampshire. Was, go ahead. Yes. Uh, just recently, in New Hampshire, you could actually carry a firearm into the State House building until very recently a rule was changed. Mm-hmm. And in uh, immediate response to that, uh, activists gathered and had a rally right outside the state house. And just wanted to say I was really impressed having so many people show up in such a short amount of time to something that nobody expected to happen. Uh, it's a big issue to a lot of I, people. It was. There's at least 30 people. Yeah, it's a big. It's a big issue. So I'm not surprised really? that well, like Mike's new. He's uh, one of the newer movers. Uh, I didn't. I don't want to out you or anything like that, Mike. But uh, it's not a surprise to me that that many people came out here. But I could totally see how being up here as it's I think your first month here in New Hampshire that that would be pretty shocking. I'm, I was impressed that they kept it classy. I couldn't make it, but I'm glad that they kept it classy. They didn't go in the building. They kept well, wait, it outside. Wait, what is not classy about going in the building? Yeah. I mean, well, I, the, there there are some people who would said it would have gone too far if they actually entered the building. I think that would have been completely appropriate. Yeah, I do, but I like the drama that erupts from these things, you know. You Sorry, know. Mike, go ahead. Oh, 
that's why I was calling because I, I think it was great that so many people came out and to show support. But I mean, this is how the state is able to just grow constantly without stopping it. You know, we, we, I am a strong, I guess, opponent of civil disobedience as a tactic, and maybe it doesn't have to be used every single time. But at this moment, it's just a rule. They just snuck it on behind everybody. That would have been the perfect opportunity for all 30 of those people to just walk in the state house. And they would have been unstoppable had they done that. I want to bring it back here in a moment and ask your thoughts because they've got another protest schedule. This one, I guess, you're not putting together. It's somebody else, and it's a little different. I want to see what your thoughts are about it. And you can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. And we're doing the Christmas Eve edition of the show. We're actually here. This is not a refeed. We are not playing a rerun. You're hearing us live if you're listening live. You got, and You got jingle bells over there. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Not, not much on the sound effects. I actually do have some sound effects, but I've got to be prepared for that. Anyway, uh, so we're here, and we will take your calls. And Free Talk Live, by the way, in case you didn't know, is going to be live tomorrow night as well. So Christmas Day will be live, and, of course, the day after that. So we're not taking any time off. We're here to take your phone calls about what you want at 800-259-9231. We've got Mike on the line in New Hampshire. And, Mike, you're talking about a new rule uh, that they've made at the State House in New Hampshire, banning firearms from within the State House. You mentioned there was a, a fairly decent turnout of people that it responded within, what, 24, 48 hours or something like that of the event being announced that came out to protest this decision, uh, which was very impressive to you because, well, fact is you're new, new around these parts. And uh, coming from anywhere else, having 30 people turn out for anything in the liberty movement is pretty impressive and it's not a hard thing to do up here in New Hampshire these days. You can almost get that many people at the drop of a hat. Uh, and so that's what was happening. But then we got into a little conflict where, Josh, you were saying that you thought you were glad that nobody decided to uh, to walk in and, and make a scene because that might have been bad. Can you expound a little bit on, on what you were, you were suggesting there? Well, I said for a, um, a long time that there was going to inevitably be a schism between the politicals and the civil disobedience people, mm-hmm. and you know some of these issues is, is really widening that uh, that canyon between the two camps. Right. So, so you're I, saying I just read some of the the posts, and you know the two camps are trying to sending their representatives or whoever it is to try to come and find some compromise between the groups, like civil dis people come and do the protest, but give us time to do this on the inside and. I no. think I think there's nothing inappropriate at all about them passing some new rule and having a bunch of people immediately violate it just to say the hell with your rule we're not going to obey it. Especially and, since it came up before the legislator uh, legislature last year and was like soundly defeated by like a 94 percent vote. Mike, your thoughts on all this? Well, I mean, uh, as far as the little brouhaha about the two camps, the civil disobedience and the politicals. What I noticed was even just the suggestion of civil disobedience got a lot of people just immediately angry. I mean, there was a few people that actually did go into the building. They didn't actually make it into a protest. But, like, I, I do agree that if it just happened, 30-plus people went in the state house fully armed and flaunted the rule, nothing would have happened. They're not going to call <laughs> They're not going to call the police from every single surrounding uh, department they to could. come and arrest. 
30 people. Right. You'd and be, you'd be do, calling them out. Be a big story. You'd be calling their, their bluff, and it would be a big story if they were to respond to that. And I think it's the, I think it's the perfectly appropriate response. But you're right, Mike. As soon as somebody suggested civil disobedience, the, uh, the, some of the politicos flipped out over this. And they, uh, they, you know, for whatever reason, they just they are not interested in working together, uh, Josh. They're, they're not interested in building bridges. They're more interested in burning them and trying to separate themselves as much as possible, the politicos, that is, separate themselves as much as possible from those who would engage in civil disobedience. Oh, to save themselves, they'll throw someone else under the bus. We've seen it before. Well, it's a typical political kind of thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just think it's I just think it's sad, uh, and if that's the way they want to behave, then they're just going to alienate their uh, people that were friends uh, with them in the past. And there's never no, good things don't typically come from burning bridges with one another. And I'd like to point out that most of the apoliticals, the uh, the civil disobedience crowd, or the market based activism people, are not interested in burning bridges with the politicos. They may not be interested in helping them with their politics. But at the same time, they're still willing to to chat with them and and be friendly with them. I don't. Think they're not the, calling them names. No, I don't think the political process works. But I'm I'm willing to like support people who I could trust in that capacity. I support Andrew Carroll, um, the work Dennis has been doing with the uh, Liberty Alliance has been great. So anyway, Mike, uh, any thoughts? Any final thoughts on this? Well, I just want to say, that, I mean, there is another protest coming. It's going to be an open, as I believe, I understand, an open carry. Uh, event inside the state house, but I think that's going backwards. The next step should be open carry in the state house. Wait, 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 wait. I think you misspoke. Open carry empty holster? No, it's, yeah, it's an open empty holster, which to me seems really pathetic. Uh, just kind of looking at that, at that protest. Basically, it's saying, "Look how obedient we are." Oh, you've yes. taken away you you politicians are so powerful. You've taken away our right to bear arms, and look at now here we're going to prove how how obedient we are by wearing our empty holsters. And because uh, we're we're so sad and we're so upset and we're very angry about this, but we're not willing to actually do anything that will take any risk. We're just going to walk around with empty holsters. It's just the with the weakest, saddest yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't like it. And it's just so so political. And I and if you were to show up. There with a holster with a gun in it, those people would flip the f out on you. Yeah, probably they would. But uh, I mean, this is how we're going to just keep losing our rights. You know, I mean, whatever rights we have left. In oh, the don't worry, don't worry. The Republicans are going to save us. They're going to go and file a piece of legislation, and they're going to turn this thing around. Blah blah blah. Maybe they will. Maybe the Republicans will, uh, you know, flip this around. Maybe it will be turned around. But why not disobey in the meantime to show them that their rules are meaningless? And it's not even a law. It's just a rule. That's probably the safest form of civil disobedience you could actually do. You know, there's always think, a risk. I mean, if you go in and you, you're tiny risk, yes. right. Th- there's always the risk that if you go in and you're wearing a weapon, which, by the way, it's not just guns. You could go in with a knife strapped to you and they, they wouldn't like that either. Uh, it's anything Wait. that could be deadly. Wait. And if you were to go in with any kind of weapon strapped to you, they could decide to arrest you for something. They'll trump you up and, you know, get you get you on trespass or or uh, or uh, disorderly conduct or something like that. But as you said, Mike, if 30 people go in and do it. What are they going to do? Nothing. Exactly. So, thanks, guys. Thanks you for the call tonight. Job, appreciate right? it. Yeah, Thank you, nice. sir. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. But yet people like me and Mike are vilified by certain people that are just political only for wanting to encourage people to do civil disobedience. I say whatever works. 
I mean, I, I do... A well, ver- they believe it doesn't work. They believe that it will make it harder for the rule to be turned over. I mean, there's there's too much for me to lose if I open carry in school, but I do an open an empty holster thing in, uh, at Keene State all the time. It sparks conversations like, what is that? Is it an empty holster? Yes, it is. Why is it empty? Well, let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Rob in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well... I haven't heard uh, a caller that was, a, I think, a regular caller, but I can't remember her name. She was from Florida. Mm-hmm. She always called with the most outlandish. Paula. Paula. Whatever happened to her? They come and they go. Uh, Paula, was uh, she was a caller for a long time on this show, and she hasn't called in a long time. I have no idea what happened to her. You know, somebody's actually got her phone number. The guys at Free Minds Radio, uh, Nick and Toby, at one point, we got Paula's phone number for them because they wanted to do an interview with her or something like that. I don't know whatever became of that, but their producer uh, may have her phone number. Uh, if you get in touch with uh, Nick at, I think you can email him at nick at freetalklive.com, he may know how to get in touch. So if you really, really care and you want to know about what's going on with Paula. Well, not to that extent. But, oh, okay. You know, so I, I mean, she was, uh, I don't know, a living... Um, like uh, examiner, like she would call with the most outlandish uh, warnings, and I don't know wh- where she got her, her fax machine. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, she was wild. Anyway, I started to miss her. Oh, well, that's all right. Anything else on your mind tonight? No. I hope you guys have a nice Christmas. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Of course, we've been talking about the Free State Project here and some of the things that have been going on in New Hampshire, the controversies uh, bubbling up when you move a whole bunch of liberty activists together. It turns out they don't all agree on everything, and uh, tactics would it's be like a reality them. TV show or turn life into a tabloid in New Hampshire. Well, it really is. And that's it's kind of what I've, I consider those segments on this show is, is a bit of a reality radio show to some extent. It's not just uh, your average talk show. We actually have... We are actually involved in uh, the things that uh, that are being discussed. Anyway, you can learn more about the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. We've got a lot going on up here, everything from civil disobedience to politics. And most people are willing to mix and match. Most people are willing to get involved in uh, in anything, and they're not vitriolic toward the other side. So it's I think, yeah, to some extent... The noise that is uh, surrounding the signal is a little high on the issue of uh, the conflict, of the schism. I don't think it really exists that large. More coming up, freestateproject.org to learn more about that. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Josh. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. One of the things you can do to help support Free Talk Live, if you appreciate the fact that we give you stuff on our website free, is to voluntarily contribute some funds to us. Uh, we ask for three bucks a month, and that's you know the price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Uh, Cheaper. It really actually it is. Uh, so you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the Free Talk Live AMP program. Learn about how what we do is we take that money in, pool it together with all of the other people. Over 500 people are currently giving to the AMP program. Thank you to every single one of you. Uh, pool that all together and then reinvest it into the show primarily to get on more radio stations and bring more Internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that sounds valuable to you, you'll get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and more. Go get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. 
As we continue this Christmas Eve edition of the program, let's talk to Rob in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Rob. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hey there. How's it going, guys? Super. I just wanted to make a comment about uh, Ziggy's um, comment about Gene. Okay, sure. Uh, regarding Gene being a racist. All right. Um, I disagree with him. I don't believe that just because human beings are pattern-making creatures, and just because we see certain patterns among certain general groups does not indicate that we're a racist. I mean, to me, that's a first of all, that's a very charged sort of term, especially in today's climate. Um, the only people who I'm really concerned about as far as being racists are people who either have or desire power over others. I mean, someone... If someone doesn't want black people to come to their house, then I just won't visit their house. Fine mm-hmm. with me. It's not like I'd really want to be there. Right. That's a good point. And so, Gene certainly is not a power seeker. And uh, and no, I I and didn't Gene think didn't even express he didn't even express anything along that line. I mean, no. he didn't even express any sort of dislike or distaste. No, he didn't. He just made uh, just I, what I considered unfair statements uh, about certain types of people, and that it was it just wasn't right, you know, to suggest that you know most black people have big rims. I think that was one of the claims that, that he made. You know, I don't know. I don't remember the exact the exact claim, but I mean, I, I think that any time you get into a situation where you start claiming most. Then you're probably going to have a lot of a lot of a lot of problems. But if yes. you were to, but I don't think it's in any way racist to notice that uh, that you know that a lot of um, what West Africans dominate long distance running. I mean, it is what it is. It's that's it's true, uh, but that doesn't mean that uh, necessarily that most black people are good runners. You know, it just means that oh, some I of them are. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm I'm one. <laughs> yeah, one who's not a good runner. You mean one who is not a good runner? Yeah. And and what size so, are your rims? Uh, whatever came with the car, I yeah. think fifteen inches. So <laughs> there you go. I, I have I have some endowment issues around my rims. Yeah. <laughs> right on, Rob. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's all I wanted to say. Hey, thanks for listening on Christmas Eve. Appreciate the call tonight. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line all the way up to Alaska, from Georgia to Alaska. We go to Jeremy. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Hey, man. You uh, celebrate it. How's it going? Uh, What's on your mind tonight? I just, uh, I really like the chat line, but I wanted to uh, say that I couldn't make it out for a ham today. For a ham? uh, We we went out and caught a 45-pound halibut. Wow, that's a big fish. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, stuff it with some of the dried peppers from the garden last uh, summer and uh, have our feast like that, have a real Alaska Christmas. Now, how, how large do halibut get as far as like, the volume of the fish? They get 300 pounds, but you don't want to eat them when they get that big. How do you cook something like that? You fillet it. Oh, okay. So, so you fillet it or <laughs> like a, we, we skinned this one today and we're going to stuff it. With peppers I mean, I, and red onion. It's a flatfish. Do you, do you cut the like the sides off and leave the center, or how do you uh, cut halibut? How do you cook it? Uh, how do you cut it for cooking? Well, well, you can flay it, or you can just skin it and cook the whole fish. I see. Now, you, how about how long is a forty-five pound halibut? Oh, it's probably this one was about four foot. Five oh, it's foot. a monster. It's a big. Yeah, it's a big about, fish. probably about four. But 45 is what it weighed after it was clean. So who do you who are you celebrating with, Jeremy? I mean, do you have family up there? Are these your friends or what? I got a Filipino girlfriend now. Hey, some pretty uh, pretty attractive women, from what I understand. Yeah, she's teaching me a lot about how to live in a rainforest up here in Alaska. 
Oh, yeah, yeah but she grew up in the one in the Philippines, you yeah. know, and it's not that much different here except colder. Interesting. That's still rugged land. So is it just you and her going to enjoy the uh, the Christmas holiday together? Well, I can't forget about uh, my dog, my golden retriever, Rusty. He's going to uh, help eat the fish, too. There you go. I bet he will. Very good, Jerry. But I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, you guys, and uh, share with you our different dinner. We're having an Alaska meal for Christmas, not the typical uh, Illuminati, Mason, turkey, and ham. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that oh, one before. I, I agree with that. I mean, well, it's, you, it's always ham. It has to be ham or a turkey. I mean... Well, they just like uh, you know all that stuff, even like bacon and eggs. That you're not supposed to have that for breakfast. It's like everything that most Americans were taught growing up is a lie. I will eat whatever I I want for breakfast. I like bacon, and I'll have it any old time of the day. Thanks, Jeremy, and Merry Christmas to you too. I appreciate the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, even if you just want to tell us about what your Christmas plans are. That was interesting. Yeah, sure. I, I want to eat some halibut. Now. A halibut? Are you, are you a big seafood guy? I like seafood. And now, is that because you were, you know, born in the Northeast? Do you think is that does that affect one's uh, uh, I palate think, in that way? I think so because you get fresh seafood. You uh, get fresh seafood like right off a lobster truck or right, right down from the seacoast. Somewhere in the Midwest, you're not getting very fresh seafood. I used to live in Florida, and I mean, there's getting, a lot of fishing going on down there. Yeah, but, we used to get buckets of shrimp right from the coast, five-gallon buckets full of shrimp. From, I can't from say boats. I can't say I've ever been a down big there. fan of the uh, of the seafood. It, it yeah. all tastes like seafood to me. Uh, they, a lot of seafood takes flavors very well. Ta- so you mean you season it, and yeah. then it's uh, it's better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On, on its own, it's you know, white fish just tastes like white fish. Right. Right. Okay. Well, and a lot of things taste like chicken, right? I mean, if we if we ate more than uh, than just chicken, I mean, you've got beef, you've got chicken, you've got seafood. If there were more options as far as other animals to eat, oh, there are just uh, game, just game meat. Yeah. Be- become a hunter, eat some moose, some bear, deer. Not really into the whole hunting thing. Is that something that uh, that that, uh, that you enjoy? Um, my dad wasn't allowed to have a gun, so I didn't go real go hunting with him. But mm-hmm. I think I missed out on a New Hampshire pastime by not growing up hunting. Definitely. So I'm going to take up bow hunting. Really? Mm. I mean, what What is it that's uh, attractive about that to you? Uh, timeless struggle, man, beast. You feel more self-reliant if you're out there at 3 o'clock in the morning trying to, you know, fool nature and bring home some food for you and yours. Mm-hmm. Is that what time you typically do it? Is, is that early in the morning at 3 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Okay, shows what I know about hunting. Not a darn thing. I don't. I just don't have the the, the desire to uh, to go and unnecessarily uh, kill something. Yeah, I, I I like that there are people in factories somewhere that are doing all the killing for me. And, and what are you going to do when that production and... line slows down and stops? <laughs> that is a good question, and I don't have an answer it's, for it's, it. It's a good skill to have. Uh, yeah, I can see. I can see that being the case, and I guess so would fishing be a good skill to have. But boy, is it boring. Fly fishing, not so much. Yeah, see, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just sitting there drinking a beer, another. watching <laughs> some bobber dip around in the water is right. not fishing. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Uh, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, so, Josh, you're going to be telling us about a, a story in regards to the Border Patrol here. Mm, they're they're at it in Arizona again. Well, they, they're at it all across the southern and northern borders uh, within 50, I think, to 100 miles of the actual border. Lots of uh, random checkpoints and stationary checkpoints as well that are very 
very harassing to people. And they've uh, picked on a, a girl this time, mm-hmm. right? She's uh she's a student at Pima Medical Institute in Tucson, Arizona. And basically what happened to her, she was on her way to class on uh driving on I-19 and she did a U-turn. She forgot her backpack and all her books and school materials at home. So she did a U-turn uh to go back home about 2 miles from an internal checkpoint. And I guess they had cameras or something nearby Jeez. or they they saw her do that. So they Chased her down and pulled her over on the side of the road. Uh, and we've got actually some of her account of what happened. Is this from a blog? Where's this from? Uh, this is from Freedoms know? Phoenix. Oh, okay. Uh, there's just, there's two articles. There's her what uh, from her actual experience and then no summation. Well, let's tell that in a moment here. We'll bring that up in hour number three. We'll get her story about what happened uh, as they pull her over for turning around to go get her stuff from her house. 800-259-9231. We'll share that with you. You're also welcome to bring up absolutely anything. We still have an entire hour remaining. Plenty of time for your calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Plus, uh, hopefully we'll be able to slip another soapbox call in here as well. Got them on a whole bunch of topics. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Hour three on the way. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free. It's the Christmas Eve edition. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, something we haven't talked about, I know we've got to get to this Border Patrol story. Something we haven't talked about and that we normally do on this program are the uh, the Christmas parties. I have not mentioned the Christmas party topic yet. So if you're out there, it is now Christmas Eve, which means the Christmas parties are probably done. Because Christmas parties usually happen a good week or two before uh, the actual Christmas week. So it's likely that if you have a Christmas party for your office, that you've already been to it. Do you have any stories? Do you have any good Christmas party uh, stories you can regale us with about, you know, the boss having too much to drink and somebody getting uh, you know, some some sex going on in a, a nearby room and people getting caught, uh, cocaine use on the parts. We've heard so many different crazy Christmas stories that just... I don't have them in front of me right now, so I can't retell them in any uh, entertaining fashion. But maybe you have an entertaining Christmas party story you want to share with us. 800-259-9231. There is uh, some crazy stuff that goes on at the Christmas parties around uh, the country and around the world. So if you've been to one of them, whether it's this year or maybe a story from the past, uh, feel free to share it at 800-259-9231. As we continue, the story is out of Arizona. And it's coming from, uh, you said, what was the, the site that this is coming from? Uh, Freedom's from, Phoenix? From Freedom's Phoenix, yes. Where a young lady in college was uh, leaving her house. She's heading out to uh, to go to class. She realizes as she's driving that she's forgotten her book bag uh, and her stuff. So she goes back, turns and makes a U-turn as uh, she's just going to head home to get her stuff. She didn't think she would end up being pulled over and harassed by the Border Patrol. What's the story? Well, when Patagonia resident uh, Iris Cooper, 18, turned her car around two miles before a Border Patrol checkpoint because she'd forgotten her school books, she knew there was a chance that agents might stop her. 
which he didn't foresee was being allegedly forced from her vehicle and handcuffed for a half an hour while agents waited for a canine unit and then searched her car without consent. Hmm. She says, uh, I was very polite and explained that I'd forgotten my backpack for school. She was going to class at uh, Pima Medical Institute in Tucson. Uh, Cooper said that before she knew it, an agent had pulled her from her vehicle and handcuffed her. When I asked the agent why I needed to be handcuffed, he said, it's part of the procedure. Uh, Cooper, Just following orders. Yeah. Cooper said she waited in cuffs for 15 minutes while a canine unit was brought to the scene in order to search her vehicle, even though she had not given agents permission to do so. The canine unit went through my car, and there was nothing, she added. Uh, agent David Jimerez, a uh, spokesperson for the Border Patrol, said agents more than likely thought they had pulled over a smuggler. And, <laughs> yes. And that Cooper was cuffed for both their safety as well as her own. He said that often smugglers will try to run away if they think their vehicle is going to be searched. The handcuffing doesn't necessarily mean that she is being placed under arrest, said uh, Jimerez, referring no, to Cooper. No, it just means they're stealing her freedom. Yes. However, um, Don Pachado, legal director of the uh, American Civil Liberties Union of Arizona, told the uh, Weekly Bulletin that 99.9% uh, of the time, such an act would indeed be considered an arrest. I, I would agree. Uh, when you were handcuffed, that is effectively an arrest because you were unable to leave voluntarily, Pachado said. From the information given, it appears that the level of force here would ar arise to an unreasonable seizure and a violation, therefore, of the Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Um, yeah, good luck holding him to it. She did not get an apology after, of course, they found nothing, but they did tell her to have a nice day. Right. Even if down the line there's some sort of lawsuit that's brought here, if the ACLU jumps in and they do finally go after these border patrol people and they, this is a violation of the you know Fourth Amendment, it's an illegal search. Okay, well, she's already been searched. She already uh, was harassed. She's not going to get any restitution for that, even if they do find that they were supposedly in the wrong. They won't be able to make good. They're not going to even bother to try to make good. It's not going to stop them from doing that in the future. What really would come out of this? I mean, if they, if, and that's presuming that the, the, you know, that the court rules in her favor. What good could really come out of this beyond vindication for her after the fact? It's not like it's going to stop it happening from somebody else. Exactly. This stuff happens every day. She just happened to experience it this time around, was for whatever reason well-connected enough to get somebody to write a news story about it. But these guys are checking vehicles all day, all night long. You can better believe this is a regular occurrence, bringing out the dogs, running them through cars, and everything. The guy over at Checkpoint USA, Terry, we've had him on this show. He's actually sat right here in this very studio. Hell of a nice guy. Uh, Actually, it's uh, it's from Checkpoint USA, re redone through uh, Freedom's Phoenix. Oh, okay, that figures. CheckpointUSA.org is a great website, and he's you know he's had some success in court against these people, but is it going to stop them from doing what they do? They, no. They harass him as an individual less. Then just that is true. Then they'll just focus on uh, poor eighteen-year-old girls. Exactly. So, all right, yeah, I mean we've. To some extent, you can see that happening with uh, with activists here in New Hampshire, for instance. They, the cops are kind of aware that the activists are a bit of a tougher crowd. You know, they uh, they understand that. I'm debating whether or not I'm going to put a uh, an FSP bumper sticker on my car to either make myself a target or, you know, or flash my quills, some... so to speak. Yeah. What? I mean, so you're not sure? I'm not sure. Maybe it'll just bring un. There's a, a period my 
registration or license got suspended in August, and I wasn't informed of it until October. And mm-hmm. if I had had that sticker on, I might have got, actually gotten pulled over just to be messed with. Who knows? Maybe, or maybe the other way around. I, I've been driving around with uh, my bumper stickers, which uh, there's a Free Talk Live bumper sticker on the back of my car, <laughs> and it's from Florida. So it should be pretty obvious who I am when I'm driving uh, driving about, and they've never even pulled me over. I don't think they know Free Talk Live like they do the Freak Staters. Yeah, maybe. Around here, I bet they do. Ar- around here, I know that some of the cops listen uh, to the show. So. Hi, Eli. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. So I wish this young lady the best of luck. I, I hope that... Uh, this works out somehow in her favor. It's just, it's hard for me to be optimistic. I can't imagine making, uh, adapting my morning schedule to accommodate the, the checkpoint. The checkpoints. Leave, leave an hour, hour and a half ahead of time just to know that I'm going to have to go through a checkpoint before I go to Biolab. Right. That's a much. great point. I mean, probably most mornings you just get waved through, mostly, I'd imagine. Uh, but there's the occasional time when you might get stopped and har- and just harassed for who knows how long. If, if you flinch or drive over the line or turn around or do anything, maybe throw a bag in the back seat and a couple cars down, they'll mm-hmm. find a reason. So uh, the toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here. I want to share with you another one of our... Uh, Get another one of these uh, soapbox calls. You can go and call the soapbox at 603-722-0267. Here is one. I have a great idea. It deals with uh, activists being in a calendar. Now, the other day I was listening to uh, the podcast, and the dude that got his face beat in by uh, the Eli jerk, he, he was calling like Mark and Ian, heroes. And I think of them as heroes myself. And I think, you know what? Please don't. Please, I just have to interrupt you. Please, please don't think of me as a hero. I, I'm i just somebody who does a radio show. I have a microphone. I believe in liberty, and I'm willing to talk about it. I don't know if, if there's anything heroic. I, I haven't saved any lives or anything like that. Uh, I, the whole calendar idea that he's uh, he's proposing here makes me queasy, personally. Like a calendar? Yeah. Like me being in a calendar. Not so much a fan of that. Like, for the most part, you see them in cartoons or whatever, the uh, comic books, and they always wear tights and a cape and stuff. And I, I just had this idea of all these activists um, wearing wearing some sort of crazy get-up where they're in tights and a cape. Like, I can see Ian with, like, a big anarchy A on the front of his, his get-up. I'm not an anarchist, by the way. And Mark will I'll be, be a like, belligerent man. He'd have little M's on the side for in the in pink for minarchism. Now that's funny. I'm just I, mean, you know, I think it'd be cool to you know, put out a calendar with the, with the best activists of the year, and I think it'd be cool. Rock on. Well, the good news is... <laughs> I send off. <laughs> the good news is the calendar exists. It's the Ladies of Liberty calendar. They're much more attracted to my Perry Hale, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Pale self. They're a lot more uh, fun to look at and more likely to sell the calendar because they're fun to look at. Uh, much more likely to, to inspire heroism. You can go to imlola.org if you want to order yourself a copy of said calendar. I happen to have one hanging right here in the studio, and it is very well done, and the ladies are lovely. So uh, imlola.org, it already exists. As far as putting me in a calendar, no thanks. Not interested in that. It's free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. Christmas Eve edition, taking your calls about anything. Also want to tell you about the startpage.com seven-day challenge. For seven days, you can use Startpage.com, where we invite you to use Startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine, and experience the difference. Not only will you get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but you'll also discover that you'll have complete privacy in your search. In fact, all of your searches will be completely private. Start the seven-day challenge today at Startpage.com. Again, that's Startpage.com. We started out the show tonight giving you the uh, the latest on the healthcare debacle going on in this uh, this country right now, where the government is uh, attempting to uh, take some more steps toward monopolizing healthcare. It's not quite there yet. It's going to take them a little while. And in fact, the plan that they are proposing right now is not even going to go into effect until 2014, presuming it goes through as it's as it's planned to. But at that time. The government will become uh, even more in control over the various different regulate. There'll be more regulations placed on insurance companies. They'll be mandated, for instance, to uh, one of the one of the provisions. And there are over 2,000 pages in this particular bill that they passed. But one of the provisions is to uh, mandate that the insurance companies cannot raise rates for somebody with a pre-existing condition. So basically what that means is they have to spread spread that cost over every single account so everyone will pay a higher price as uh, as a result. What what seems to be the problem to me with health insurance is the overwhelming amount of people who want to use their health insurance for every sniffle ache and pain that they have and go see the doctor for yeah. everything. It's a problem. So uh, it, and that's one of the many things that they're going to be doing. It should it should be for you know major disasters like Three uh, triple fracture in your arm, bone sticking out in five places. That's insurance material. Absolutely. But people don't know. I mean, they've been told that health insurance is health care. And uh, no. so, yeah, it's not. But that's what they've been told. That's the, uh, their understanding of it. So once they have health insurance, then they can just go and, and cash in. Outside of small towns like the one I grew up in, you show me where you can have a family doctor in a small clinic in your town. I don't see them. It could happen without this governmental bureaucracy overarching everything and uh, sucking off all the creativity and the, uh, the whatever free market at one time existed in healthcare. It's not even close. There's too much of an emphasis on these massive hospitals, their overheads, and uh... they're bureaucratic as hell too. Have you ever been in one? Uh, it, it in many cases is. You can have a good experience. There are people that care still in the the business of healthcare. Oh, but this way, my grandfather died in a hospital, and that same hospital is sending him medical bills <laughs> after he died in, in their the hospital. hospital. You think they would have had record yeah. of that? 
You know, I've got actually a story that's related to this uh, from Canada. But let's go to Lisa first. She's in New Jersey, and you are welcome to bring up anything. Lisa, you're on the Christmas Eve edition of Free Talk Live. Hello. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, here's my Christmas party story. All right. Years ago, was, well, gee, I was just having, well, my babies were new. I was a new mom, and I was working for a very large company, which shall remain unnamed. And they had their Christmas party in uh, the at headquarters, which is a few states over. And I really hated working there because it was just a whole, you know, corporate environment, which I didn't get into. Mm-hmm. But there was this beautiful office manager. She was absolutely gorgeous. She was in charge of all the supplies and everything. And she was having lunch every day, long lunches, with this kid that I knew was not her husband because she had three children of her own. She was married. She was older than him. And it used to just upset me when I would see them. I would just try not to watch and think, oh, I, I, I know they're having an affair. I can't deal with it. Well, mm. anyway, her husband stayed home with the kids, so she went off to this Christmas party, stayed the whole weekend, and this other guy obviously went too. Yeah. And while she was gone, her daughter fell and broke her leg or something and had to have surgery, oh, no. and they couldn't reach her on the phone. So she comes back, and she was, like, utterly guilt-ridden over this whole thing. And I would still see these two taking lunch together, but they didn't look very happy, and I knew they were breaking up. So I guess that's a happy ending, I mean, for the family, but it was, like, it was upsetting that, you know. I, I Now, in my own case, I could have gone, but my husband was, like, not into the whole party scene, so mm-hmm. I stayed home anyway, but it was just, like... I don't know. That was my one foray into the corporate world, and I absolutely despised it, and I will never go back again. So you're not working there anymore? No, I left ages ago. I had too many kids. Yeah. Can you can you blame her for like trying to inject some sort of spice into a soulless corporate existence? Um, To use another person and go behind your husband's back? No, I can blame her. I think that's... You know, you have to be grown up to be married. They may have had an open relationship. You don't know that. Probably not, but... Yeah, probably Maybe not. they did, but she the fact that she was hiding, like the fact that she wouldn't answer her phone all weekend, I kind of doubt it. Um, you know, because I think if she had an open relationship, then she would have answered the phone for him, and she would have known what was going on. She would have come home. You know what I mean? Like she, if she if if You'd she think, had yeah. nothing to hide, she would have been in contact with her husband. If you know, he would have said, "Look, I know you're having a good time, but we have a situation here." Well, I'm glad you so, called with that tonight, Lisa. Anything else you want to share? No, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't offend you with that. <laughs> I don't know why you would have offended me. Uh, no, thank you for the call. Never offended to get a phone call. I always appreciate hearing from anybody. Thank you. 800-259-9231. I mean, it wasn't the zaniest of uh, holiday party stories, but nonetheless, the only one we've gotten. It didn't involve the cleaning lady and a lot of explanation, so. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Uh, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So things are pretty bad in this country as far as the healthcare situation, and there are uh, they're likely going to get worse because uh, the government people are going to likely pass something. They're going to come to some kind what, of compromise. What is next? You know, they say health care is a human right now. Now, the basis of health is a steady diet. Are they going to say a balanced diet is a human right now? And yeah, everyone... give your bread lines. Well, bread's hardly a balanced diet. No, but that's true. That's what happened the last food, time government tried to give people food. Food stamps for all? Yeah. Is that what's next? Uh, well, they still they still have a ways to go before the government completely takes over health care in this country. But right now, it's spending most of the dollars in in the health care system. So it is a mostly socialized system. 
Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone suggest that it's a free market in healthcare. If there's, if it was a free market in healthcare, then there would be no FDA. There would be some third-party regular, uh, you know, regulatory uh, approval agencies, that kind of thing. But there would not be this monolithic uh, federal agency with uh, yay or nay powers. Yeah, there, are, there will always be watchdogs. I think the questions people have are like, where would these watchdog groups get their funding from? Well, when uh, how does UL get its its funding when it uh, approves products? The companies that want them to approve their products pay them to do it. So that's one way they can get funding. Consumer Reports is another group that they get money from. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they only get money from their subscribers, uh, from the subscribers to the Consumer Reports magazine. In fact, they don't want to be seen as taking money from the various different companies of the, the products that, uh, that they're reviewing. In fact, Consumer Reports does the pill book, and it's one of the, the things that they do. Is they look at all the various different drugs that are uh, that are out there on the market. So there'd be more of that stuff in the in the absence of the state. And so there is no free marketplace. But one of the things that you can say about this country is there's still some freedoms left here in the healthcare business that don't exist in other places like Canada. Uh, I've got a story about a, a man who had a, well, he's had a bit of an ordeal in a Winnipeg hospital. And we'll explain it here in a few moments at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. It's Christmas Eve edition of Free Talk Live. What you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're here to take your calls about whatever's on your mind, and it's Ian with you. And Josh. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Quit chatting, Josh. You're not allowed to chat during the uh, during the show. Uh, but they are chatting in there, and people are here, and we're taking calls, and it's great to have people participating on Christmas Eve, this live Christmas Eve edition of the program. As we tell you a story about uh, Canada and their lovely, lovely healthcare system. Because healthcare is always best when it's free, right? Well, maybe not. The story from the CBC, and this is the Canada's own health, uh, this is their own government web, uh, website. CBC is essentially a government organization. CBC.ca in Canada, Winnipeg man's ordeal after undergoing brain surgery is raising questions about discharge policies for patients who undergo major procedures at the city's largest hospital. Monty Van, age 60, had a brain tumor surgically removed at the Health Sciences Center on October 8th. The surgery was considered high risk because Van, who is blind, also suffered from heart problems. Oh, no. Van's family told CBC News that on October 10th, after less than two days of recuperating from the successful surgery, again, brain surgery, the hospital issued a discharge order. Now, I'm not an expert on uh, hospital matters. I'm just a talk show host. But... Two days for a recovery after a brain surgery? Does that seem a little fast to you? Yeah. It just seems kind of serious, the brain. It seems like a real sensitive organ that you want to make sure you take your time, make sure that somebody's all right after you've cut into their head. Keep keep the monitor for a while, watch for, uh, you know, cranial pressure. Yeah. In fact, relatives said Van was actually still bleeding behind one ear and had about 60 staples in his head at the time they decided to discharge him. After three more days of battling with the hospital over wanting to stay to recuperate further, Van finally agreed to leave and was discharged the morning of October 13th. Administrators at the hospital said he was medically stable when he was released. But Van had a stroke. 
in his brother's car while on the way home. Wow. He returned to HSC and has been there ever since. His family says he's now paralyzed on one side of his body, unable to speak, and is unresponsive. Van documented his fears about being prematurely discharged in a handwritten note two days before he left the hospital. Among his written reasons for wanting to remain in care were, the surgeon said, I may not survive the surgery. I have heart problems, no stabilized blood chemistry, which meant he wasn't back on his heart medication. It's not known if any staff ever even saw the note. Van's family is accused, uh, has accused the HSC of badgering him to leave and said that he was told he'd have to pay for his continued hospital care out of his own pocket if he didn't leave by the discharge day of October 10th. Said, I think it became a pissing contest between the resident doctor and my brother, according to his brother Mark. They threatened to bring an accountant down, and his anxiety was through the roof. This is a guy with a heart problem who's blind and had his head held together with staples. He added that he dared to challenge the authority of the hospital, and that's when it got ugly. Well, wait a minute. I thought health care was free up there in Canada. I thought that you just get great care and it's all on the house and you don't have to worry about cutting a check. But here they are saying that, hey, buddy, you got your brain surgery now. Get out of here. If you don't leave, you're going to have to pay up. I mean... That's got to be a shock to the system, yeah, right? That, that's crazy, and that's what people are, are fighting for here. And they, they, oh, they no, say that's no, not no. going to be that way. Yeah, I don't be see it here. being any other way. No, it'll be different. We'll do it different in America, because are, Americans are better. Americans are better than the rest of the world. Oh, clearly. They can, they can, American government people can get health care right, unlike those Canadians. Yeah, they have right. such a great track record of compassion and sense. It's just crazy. And there's no shortage of these stories, by the way, of people who, honestly, they're a little on the older side. You know, they, you don't hear anything, you don't really hear too many horror stories about people in their early 20s uh, having issues because, well, first of all, people in their early 20s tend to be healthier than uh, people that are older. And so they don't tend to go to the Canadian hospitals as often to even have these experiences. So that's one of the reasons why you don't hear very much about that. But once you start getting up in the years and you start uh, being subject to these visits in the Canadian system more often, well, what you end up finding out is that they just don't really care that much about you. You're not working anymore. You're retired in many cases, and so you're not really putting any money uh, into the the system. It's the people who use the services the most are the ones that aren't putting into it. That's right. That's why they get marginalized. Right, because what does it matter if they live or die? What does it matter? The doctor is going to get paid anyway. They're clearly under no obligation to protect your health and welfare. Obviously not. They sent this guy away after a brain surgery two days later. Get out of here. We don't want you. You're taking up a bed. Get out of here. I mean, they're going to get their money anyway. So what's their incentive to get this guy moving out the door? What What is their incentive? How does that work exactly? What? Why is it that they wanted to blow him out the door? They have no idea. Well, I can speculate. I don't know exactly how it works in Canada, but I know that in other places, and maybe the UK, where doctors, they don't even get paid a, uh, they don't get paid an exact salary necessarily as much as they get paid to see, uh, to see patients. Do they have a quota they have to meet? I don't know if they have they to meet a quota. can't exceed? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a cap uh, that they can't exceed, but at the same time, they the more patients they move through, the more they'll get paid. They're getting commissions? Basically. Wow. Yeah. 
So that would explain that would explain it. Now again, like I said, I'm completely speculating here. So maybe some of our Canadian listeners that know the the system up there a little bit better can uh, can clue us in at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But otherwise, what's the reason? Why would they want to boot somebody out the door who just had a two uh, just had a brain surgery, who's got staples in his head? Why would they want to kick him out so fast? That's the only that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that there's some sort of financial uh, incentive here for them to just move this guy along. 1-800-259-9231. So there are so many stories of so many tragedies of these people who are 60 and up that uh, that they just don't get taken care of the way they would get taken care of in a system that rewards the doctors for doing a good job. In a system where the doctor is allowed to make profit, or the nurses, or whoever it is that's helping these patients out, are allowed to profit from their efforts. That in helping someone, they are rewarded concomitantly with for the effort that they've put in, for the success that they have had. Not, not to mention, in that system, you're getting, uh, I'm talking about the socialized system, you're assigned a physician. You, you don't get to know them on a personal level. That's they true. Don't, they don't have to like care about your suffering. Well, you, I think you can go and choose one based on certain factors, like where you live. There, there are maybe some, but many of them aren't accepting new patients because they're loaded up. In many cases, there are waiting lists to actually try to get in to even see a doctor. It's, it's sometimes a task to even get to see a doctor in these, uh, in these cases. And then if they decide that you need to have a certain surgery and it determines out they were the wrong surgery, in this case, this was the right surgery, they just didn't take care of him afterwards. But there are cases where, whoopsie, oh, we left a towel inside your body. Oh, we gave you the wrong surgery. A towel? Whoops. Those things have happened. Wow. Uh, we, oh, we gave you the wrong surgery. Oops. Well, there's no liability. What are you going to do? Sue them? You didn't. You weren't, uh, you know, particularly attached to being a man, right? <laughs> so... This is what they do, and they don't care, and they don't, they don't have the incentive to care because they're going to get paid whether the patients live or die. In fact, if the patients die, and if it's not one of those, as you see, the patient getting paid system, if they're just getting a salary, again, I don't know exactly the system in Canada, but if it's one of those systems where uh, if the patients die, like, like in the VA, for instance, uh, my understanding from having talked to uh, two veterans that a lot of them think the doctors are trying to kill them. So if you want to see a great example of socialized medicine right here in America, look no further than the VA, where maybe it's just that the guy that I, oh, one of the guys I knew was paranoid because he's an old old veteran or whatever. I don't know, but I haven't uh, known very many people that went to the VA that got quality care. Some of, some people will claim they have depends um, on what hospital they yeah, go to. It 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 all depends on what bureaucrats that they they come across. Because some of them are going to care. Some of them are going to be a good people trying to do the right thing, and others are just going to be shiftless and they're not going to be interested in providing good service. And so if you get one of those doctors, you get one that prescribes you the wrong medicine, for instance. Whoops! Oh, you did, you your your uh, your husband died because he took the the wrong pills that we uh, incorrectly prescribed him. Oh well. One less patient for me to deal with. Next, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain here this Christmas Eve edition. Enough time for your calls. If you make it now, we'll try to sneak in another soapbox in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 
even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call. If you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Josh. It is the Christmas Eve edition, and we're here taking your calls uh, for the remaining moments. Just enough time for yours. If you make it now, your call, that is 800-259-9231. Let's go right to Lauren, listening in Montreal. Lauren, what's on your mind Hi. Hey there. Hi. Happy holidays, first and foremost. Same to you. I just wanted to say, with all due respect, I live in Canada. The health care is unbelievable. I actually personally have two sets of grandparents who both passed away from cancer, two of which with actual brain tumors. Health care, unbelievable. I myself have actually been in the hospital, and I was feeling better. I wanted to go home. They would not let me go until I was 110% fine. And even when it was 110% fine, I still wasn't allowed to go until they were even more sure than that. I'm not really sure. I'm listening to your story and not discrediting it. I think that's horrible if that's the case, but shocking. I, I haven't heard of something that terrible. In Canada, in terms of doctors, you can always have access to a doctor. Sometimes there is a waiting list, but if so, the emergency is always open. We even have something called the CLSC, which is available 24-7, special lines just for the people. And the worst thing that you'll face is possibly a wait, but that's about it. It's not no health care. It's just that's Right, right. Okay, so how, do you know how the doctors get paid up there? Well, I don't know how much they get paid. I know it's all government taken care of, but especially because of that, there's, there's no such thing as you have to, there's never been a bill presented. As a matter of fact, if I may, I worked at a hospital in the ER four years ago, and when we had people come from the States or even other countries, uh, not United States, and couldn't pay, we never even were allowed to turn them away. We ate the cost. Even if they gave us false billing information, we took on the cost. I know because I processed the bills myself. So I have to say this information, I'm, I'm not exactly sure that it's, it's valid. <laughs> this is what we I'm, hear a lot. We hear uh, two sides of this story. We hear typically sure. from younger people in Canada that the healthcare system is great and that it's yeah. the best uh, in the whole world sure. and that Canada healthcare is wonderful. Every time they've been into the, the, uh, the emergency room, it's just been super sure. Uh, the experience has been fantastic, and et cetera, et cetera. But yet when we read stories about people of the uh, the more elderly set, we okay. find out that they're being neglected. We find out that they're being denied treatments. We find out that uh, you know that they're not being given the quality level that uh, you might otherwise expect them well, to get, that they're basically if, if, being cur- kicked to comment, the curb. If I may comment on that, most of the people I dealt with in the ER were elder. And like I said, grandparents and aunts and uncles alike, elder, the care was just phenomenal. So I have heard a little bit of what you're saying, but I, I work in hospitals. Friends of mine work in hospitals. Uh, my family are a bunch of doctors. I've, uh, I've, I've really not uh, not heard anything where someone was turned away or they wanted them out because they weren't contributing. Everyone pays taxes here in Canada, high taxes, of course, and uh, that's why the health care is, is taken care of for us. I mean, I have to be very, very honest with you. I'm, I'm really shocked. I understand what you're saying, not to say that it's not credited, but I just hope the facts about that gentleman's story are all, are all in fact correct. You did mention uh, the that you did acknowledge that in many cases there could be a wait. Uh, you you yeah, realize, absolutely. of course, that in the case of somebody who is in the need of a procedure, that a wait could mean the difference between life and death. No, absolutely not. If I may comment and, and get clarity for, um, for that. Um, the way it would work is there is a waiting period and working in the ER. If someone comes in with a broken arm, there, there's a wait, uh, of course. But if someone comes in, and I've seen it myself, a heart attack victim or a, a trauma, so on and so forth, s- severe trauma, 
like I said, that waiting period, the person with a broken arm or a bleeding nose has to wait. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate. They wait a little longer. It, it's terrible, but they will see a doctor. Yeah, I'm not talking I, I, about I'm like, ER uh, right. visits. I'm talking about people that need to see a specialist for an analysis and then they need to get in to actually have some kind of an operation performed. In many cases, they can be waiting for months uh, before they can even see a specialist, let alone more months before they can actually have the uh, the operation performed. It doesn't apply to everything. It's just there are stories out there uh, where, and a lot of these folks will go to the United States where they can just pay cash and go see a doctor who can get them in that week uh, instead of waiting for months where, you know, a tumor might grow too large in, uh, in that period of time, that kind of uh, situation. We've heard about uh, a number of those. So, I mean, you, you're just not even aware of that happening, huh? Well, as far as sometimes, yes, there is a wait, but nothing, well, I, there, there are always cases, no matter which way you look at it, whether it's extreme or not extreme of a wait. I mean, it happens everywhere. But it's normally what I've seen is when a specialist needs to be seen, it's, it's instant. Even in my case, when I had to take my grandparents, there's no one else to take them. When they needed a specialist, the appointment was done the next day or two days later. Uh, there have been instances where when it was less severe, like, for example, they needed to see a specialist for something on the skin and it was deemed non-cancerous, so on and so forth. It was just to see what it was to be treated with. If it wasn't, if it couldn't be treated by a regular doctor, yeah, it could take a week or two. But you weren't talking about something life-threatening. Life-threatening, in my experience, with elderly patients or young, even such as myself, I'm 30, uh, right away we were we were seen unless it was something like I said that could wait and there there are always uh, executive decisions that have to be made like that of course. So but as far as the other gentleman's story, I just I can't see how someone leading with staples in their head still bleeding. There's no way in Canada that someone would be able to walk out like that. It's just well, that was I'm a story really from uh, from the CBC. Uh, so I mean, that's the government's own I, I just news hope agency. Facts are 100 percent straight. It's just a little bit shocking to me that someone's still bleeding, and especially accounting to come down and say you're bleeding, leave, and if you don't, we're going to charge you. I mean, that we're not even allowed to turn anyone away in Canada, even if they're not from here, and they have general problems. Well, they didn't turn him away. They gave him the surgery and they kicked him out the door. They kicked him out the door. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Right. So they didn't turn him away. That. They just did what they had to do, and then that was it. That was the extent uh, of the uh, to, like care. Like I said, working in the ER and following up with patients who were admitted after, which was my job, until the patient was 110% cleared, and not just by one person's opinion. They had a resident, they had their specialist, they had uh, the, uh, the, sorry, the, what do you call it, people who work for the specialist, they're attending, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It, they don't get to just leave just like that. It's, there's a whole bunch of procedures that have to be checked off the list, and it never comes down to, well, we can't sue, so we let them go. It's really not like that. There's, if it's, you know, it's, it's not, don't, don't take it that way that just because we don't pay and there's lawsuits in the United States versus Canada that it's treated like that. It's really not. Well, so is there, is everything before the, you uh... put that out there on the air that people listen to, and people are impressionable, just make sure that before you say something like that, be fair. It, it doesn't really work like that. that. That's all I wanted to say. I found there's a lot of people who take what you say as fact and get very upset. <laughs> like, uh, I, like for me, listening to a little bit of what was said, I was a little bit bothered that to say, well, in Canada, we don't sue. So, too bad. If, if you're in dire need of treatment, we can still kick you out because you can't sue. Is it that, true? That Is it true happen. that they can't sue the hospital? No, that, uh, you, well, there's extenuating circumstances unless the hospital really did something that was like... Wow, unbelievable. Like send a man I mean, out the I'm door sure, with staples in I'm his sure head? I'm sure people will consult legal counsel. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't comment. 
But you know, Lauren, Lauren, I know that there are people in the Canadian healthcare system like yourself that really do care mm-hmm. about uh, the folks that they're taking care of, and I'm sure they're Absolutely. doing the best they can within the system that they're forced to be given. And even if what you say is true and that everything is just super up there and there's only the occasional mistake and this is like a freak, uh, freak incident and everyone is just most people that you've encountered have been taken care of the best possibly uh, they, they possibly could, do you think that justifies stealing? justify stealing when you say stealing i'm not really sure where you're going with that question first you were saying something else when you say justify stealing can you elaborate yeah well in that people are forced to pay uh taxes to support this one-size-fits-all government well, system let me ask you something for the people who you know where taxes are less and they have no health care versus paying taxes that Yes, we can afford. We don't like to pay taxes. You didn't answer my question. There are people that can get, there are free clinics in this country that uh, can help people that need the help. There are charity wings and hospitals that help people that uh, that need help. Uh, There's nobody that's denied care in the United States. Americans that don't have health care. So whether there's charities or not. There's health care everywhere in this country. If you want health care, you can go and get it. I think when you say health care, you mean health insurance. Those are two completely separate things. Yeah, but. Even without health care insurance, there's a few people, well, I mean, I mean, from what I understand, again, I'm not American, I have family in America, I'm just listening to what they're telling me, so I'm sorry if I may not be yeah. completely dead on, but what I've been told is that even though you can go and get health care, it's not affordable. Well, the question like, is, like, why, why can't, why can't these government-run programs, why can't they set a budget and fundraise, like have targets that they need to make and voluntarily take in the money? Well, Ian's question is, how... Even if the the care is stellar, how does it get around the moral issue of point, ultimately pointing a gun at somebody and taking their money? I, I'm sorry that I don't. Yeah, she'd rather not see take, that. The fact question, is, if you don't, pay I don't t- want. If I don't want to pay the taxes, right? How are they extracted? You cannot pay taxes. That's Canada. You pay taxes. You, you want not pay taxes. taxes. You want health care, you pay taxes. You want public works, you pay taxes. Whatever you want, you pay taxes. Say I, say I go underground, I work for myself, <laughs> and I don't fill out the requisite tax forms or give the money to them. What happens? Yeah, and then they'll put you in a jail cell and they'll hurt you if you don't want to go. And that's the problem is the the violence that backs up your system. And it backs up this one, too, in in America. The American system is broken as well. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, You know, it's just amazing. Whenever we tell these stories about the the horror stories of what happens, people don't believe it. It's Free Talk Live. We'll see you tomorrow night for the Christmas show. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today.